T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We had Nick Saban on a couple weeks ago. And the funny part about what happened after that interview was that he got very angry and not at anything we said or any question that we asked him. It was rather that he was on for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was the coolest thing in the world that Nick Saban did a 22-minute interview with us. And at the end of the interview, he's like, guys, I've got a meeting to get into. I've got to go. Hopefully we can (laughs) talk to you later. Something like that. Yeah. So we were like, okay, yeah, no problem, Coach. Thanks for 22 minutes. That was great. So – At that point, I was feeling good, said some very interesting stuff, thought it was a great interview. And then all of a sudden, Mikey B gets a phone call from the SID down in Alabama screaming at him, (laughs) saying, what are you guys, nuts? Why did you talk to him that long? ESPN uh, game day doesn't get that type of coverage, of of, uh, that type of access to saving. And Mikey B's response was, well, you never told us we had a time limit with him. You know, you, we, we figured yeah. we'd do an interview, and, and if you didn't say he has to be off in five minutes or ten minutes, like most people do in these interviews, right. then if there's no time limit, it's Nick Saban on the line. We've never talked to him before. You think we're going to rush him off the phone for no reason? So that was Mikey B's response, and the guy said, well, you're never going to get him again now. Joseph, now we're blocked like Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, so so that was a little anecdote that I, I wanted to share uh, before we played this this latest Nick Saban thing. So it was, Nick Saban probably won't be on CBS Sports Radio ever again because of our 22-minute interview with him because we went longer than they expected us to go even though they never gave us a time limit, which is... And I thought he enjoyed the interview. He sounded like he enjoyed it, but apparently <laughs> apparently he didn't. Apparently he just... And this guy was afraid he was going to get fired after this. That's how bad he got yelled at. So, anyway, one of the questions I asked during that interview was, uh, you know, is there something that you, you can't stand about your job? Is it when you have to stand at the podium because you always seem a, you know, more angry there than, than even the sideline sometimes? And he said, no. He said, usually when he goes on these rants, there's a reason why. He has an ulterior motive for going on these rants at the podium to get a certain point across. Well, he went on one of these rants already. And I'm not sure what the motive for this is. I don't know what the point he was trying to get across with this one. But let's listen to it. One of our favorite things to do on this show, Angry Nick Sape. What did you say? Christian Miller. Oh, I don't know. You know, you guys make all these predictions about everything, about guys that are going to be great players that have been here for two years and who's going to win all the games. And I don't even know why we play. Why, why do we even play? Why do we even have practice? Why, why do we compete? Why do we coach guys? Why, how do they need to improve? I mean, you guys got all the answers to, I mean, how guys are going to be, what they're going to do. I don't. Even, I mean, sometimes I, I wonder – but why, why, why do we play? I mean, why, why do we even have practice? 
because you guys got all these conclusions already drawn about who's what, how good they are, what they can do. I mean, so why would you ask me? I mean, I, that's that's a product that's puzzling to me. Why would you ask me? I mean, I read stuff all the time like, oh, that's, that's nice to know. I mean, where'd that come from? And then you ask me? But Christian Miller has done a nice job. He's had a really good camp. He's doing a good job. I mean, was had a lot of production points in the scrimmage. So we're really happy with his progress. Well, he did laugh at the end yeah. of it. Oh, man, he, he, he was doing it on purpose. I, I believe he was doing it on purpose. That's why he got the chuckle there there at the end. It, it, because we've seen him before come in and just the most uh, innocuous question can set him off. And, and that leads you to believe that he wanted to go off about something. And in that one, now the way he ended there, I think that was just to, to give the the press a little – uh, a little grief and have a little fun with him. But in the past, you've seen him where there's something on his mind and he wanted to get it off his chest, and, and he did. And, and, and that wasn't, wasn't no situation. Because it's a pretty simple question to answer. How's Christian Miller doing? How's his progress going? And Christian Miller's outside backer, defensive end, that uh, we'll be taking over primarily for uh, Tim Williams. And, and while I don't think he's going to be the explosive player Tim Williams was, uh, still pretty good damn player. Uh, you know, If you're playing at Alabama, you can ball. As I was listening to that for a second time, it did strike me that there could be a reason why he was doing that, which is that he doesn't like it when there is good press for players who haven't really done much because mm-hmm. that could get in their heads a little bit. So maybe that was his way of, I know he did laugh at the end, but that was his way of intimidating the beat writers into not doing that as much because it's hard for him to then ground those players again because they read something about how some guy's going to have a breakout season and maybe they start to believe the press clippings. Uh, a good observation, my friend. You're true. He wants to definitely keep his thumb on his players, especially those that haven't done anything just yet and now being thrust to the forefront as starters. And uh, Miller's been a backup for the last couple of years. So uh, that's a that's, uh, good way of looking at it. I think you may be correct. I hope one day at that podium he just goes off on the media in general and then references his 22-minute interview with us where he goes, you, know, you guys in the media are just the worst. You, know, you really are. You sit here, you ask me all these dumb questions. I mean, for crying out loud, I did a phone interview back in August where these two knuckleheads kept me on the phone for 22 damn minutes. I had to end the interview. 22 damn minutes. And there's going to be, trust me, a huge investigation into who those damn radio guys were oh. and will become famous. Yeah, maybe yeah. that'll be the thing, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that the guy said to Mikey B was, you know, you're really hurting the chances for Tiki and Tierney getting Nick Saban, <laughs> too. <laughs> like we give a damn. <laughs> no, like, really? Oh, it's too bad. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, that that just sucks, man. I can't believe we did that. <laughs> I, people are so sensitive. Well, I mean, I guess I understand. If Saban yells at this guy, he's got to yell at somebody else. He's probably under a ton of pressure there in that job. Right. Yep. And to keep Nick Saban happy when you know that he's got to do a lot of media is probably an impossible job. But he's, he also needs to not assume that we're going to keep the guy on for 10 minutes when it's Nick Saban. We're not just going to stop at 10 minutes. You're like, oh, you know, Nick, I figured 10 minutes was enough for you because yeah. you're busy. Right, yeah. We don't get you that often. We never, on, and we'll never get him again. That was it. 
<laughs> so we took our one shot. Yeah. Right? If you're gonna if you gotta go to the joint, what do they say? Make sure the crime is worth it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Those are called ass chewings. Yeah. <laughs> they are, coach. We caused one. They they certainly are. All right. And at the very end, you know it's so funny. And I, I Pete, I should have told you this just popped in my head. Don't go crazy trying to find it. But at the very end of that interview, how nice Nick Saban was. Guys, I've got to go. I have a meeting, but it was a real pleasure in speaking with you, <laughs> and I hope that we get a chance to talk again. He actually, I think he said something along the lines of, I hope that we get a chance to talk again down the road. Something like that. <laughs> and then Miwai hangs up the phone and then fillets his SID and throws yeah. him on the grill. <laughs> Takes out the well, long knife and chops him up. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably not happy that we're disclosing this now. Well, or who cares? If we, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, if we're never going to get him again, then what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> At this point, what, is, what does it matter? You know, if it's if we were been told that we're never going to get him and nobody on CBS Sports Radio is going to get him any longer. So, all right, might as well just tell the story. <laughs> Screw it. Sort of like with Tiffany, you know? Damn, Tiffany. Sort of like with that. We did that investigation. She's so wrong. Tiffany. We did that so wrong. investigation into her thing, and we found out she was uh, she was lying, or at least her PR guy was they lying. Never called us back, right? Uh, no, they, they did try to set something else up, but, I mean, the window had mm. closed on, on Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany. And that was, oh, she's got to wait another 20 years. It truly is gig. amazing That's that we got – 22 minutes of Nick Saban and Tiffany blew us off. I Tiffany. Mean, how the hell does that happen? Jeez. Uh, here's some more Hugh Freeze news. As the Wall Street Journal uh, spoke to Ross Bjork, the athletic director, and said that it was the recruiting trips that they found that the inappropriate pattern of behavior was happening. So... Every time that he would go out on one of these recruiting trips and he would go on, maybe not every time, but many times, mm-hmm. that they would use the school plane. That, that he was, was traveling out of state, yeah. Right. That was the time that the, do, 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 the <laughs> number was dialed to the escorts and <laughs> that was the pattern of behavior. Yeah, Bjork said, when we say pattern, we're describing other phone numbers that when you Google them, pull up similar type website services, however you would describe them, we took action swiftly. Right. Uh, (laughs) So we got to Googling, and damn! Bunch of hookers. (laughs) Coach, what you doing, man? I would have loved to be there when Ross Bjork was Googling those phone numbers. (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> Can you imagine? What? I, I, I didn't even know this existed. Wait, huh? wait. How, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, right. Ah! They, they did take action swiftly. That's, wait, that's where am I? Who is this guy? <laughs> company plane, company phone. Wow. So th- he, he had to have thought he was untouchable. Yeah, I mean, if you... Uh, yeah, I guess... I guess if... I'm trying to think. If you've got, like, the, the private jet that would that's an impressive thing right so why would you need to then go pay for it but i guess he, he trusted the he trusted the escorts a little bit more but yeah <laughs> well, none of them have come out and said anything as as, as far as i know uh so i guess he trusted the right ones 
Yeah, because usually they'll come out and want their little fifteen minutes of fame, right? Katina yeah, Powell with Coach, Coach, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh man, Oof. yeah, yeah. I don't don't get me started on her. Wow, uh, I was that's just the best thinking, they could do in Louisville. Like if if our buddy uh, Houston Nutt did not have that lawsuit, then this wouldn't have happened, and Hugh Freeze would be still right. flying around the country in the <laughs> school plane. Sex. <laughs> Looking for escorts. <laughs> Big booty. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> the Lord told me to fly in here and save you, girl. Yeah. Put my hands on you and something else. And I, you know, I'm just thinking, like, during the recruiting season, like, what were we doing when Hugh Freeze was with the escorts? Like, and, and, and right now, like, what's going on right now that we don't know about that is something like this? Something could be crazy. It could be another coach yeah, in a that, plane and an escort. You, nobody knows. <laughs> oh, you, you, you never know. And, <laughs> and Coach Nada did a show with him the other day, and, and the first thing he said, listen, I was not trying to get Ole Miss in trouble. I was not trying to get those players in trouble. I'm pulling for those players. I was not trying to get Coach Freeze fired. He said that he was you know, merely trying to clear his name. Uh, he felt like he'd been wronged, and, and he had been, uh, with them laying all these infractions at his feet. And, and so that was all he wanted was to clear his name, not trying to get any money out of the deal, uh, anything of that sort. Just clear my name, and and, and here you have uh, this surfacing. And, uh, and, and all he wanted was a simple apology, an apology. Yeah. So you go from wanting an apology to the head coach being fired, a head coach who has had the propensity to not only uh, tweet like crazy biblical verses, but also – do a little tweet tweeting in a different way uh, while he's crisscrossing the country recruiting. Uh, yeah, the two places I wish I was. I just mentioned one. Sitting next to Ross Bjork when he Googled the phone numbers, <laughs> it turned out to be escort services. He was like, damn. And right next to Houston Nutt when he found out that this was uncovered because of his lawsuit. I got to ask him. I didn't ask him that. That's great. I'm going to ask him, what did you say when your attorney said, you got to see this? Yeah, what what dance did you do when you found out? That's a great question. Uh, get him on. Let's go. And Say what? <laughs> oh, the boy's a freak. So we're just talking about that Nick Saban interview, the 22 minutes where he ended the interview and then yelled at the PR guy who then yelled at Mikey B and we're never going to have Nick Saban on again. So at the end of the interview, though, you'd never know that Nick Saban had a problem with this. So – you're going to hear it right now. It's him finishing up his last answer on whatever question we asked him, and then, and then him ending the interview very cordially. Look, it's not worth talking about because nobody's ever going to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't give up just yet. I'm with you. I'll get out there and promote it with you. All right, guys. Well, hey, I got a staff meeting I got to go to. I appreciate your time. Good talking to you, and uh, I'll. Uh, I hope to see you somewhere down the road, okay? Thanks, Coach. Absolutely. It's, it was our pleasure. Thank you. There goes uh, Nick Saban. I mean, hope to get together with you sometime down the road or whatever he said. It was, yeah. I appreciate the time. And then, all of a sudden, just setting his SID on well, fire. That's how, that's how quickly he can flip the switch. Wow. He was nice and cordial to us, and then he, boom, had to lay into his SID. Damn, we get everybody road, in trouble. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, Nick, you said you hope that you saw. I'm just going to show up at his lake house one day. You like, <laughs> and with a recording of that, Nick, you said you'd hope you'd see me somewhere down the road. Where here I am. So <laughs> let's go out and fish. You can get shot, <laughs> probably. I hope to see you somewhere down the road. Okay. <laughs> okay, Nick. That was just uh, obligatory. You know, it was obligatory uh, 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 salutation or what have you to end the conversation. That's it. He yeah. Want to see it. No, I guess not. Well, mm-hmm. I had my hopes up there for a while. We're coming right back. It's the show that Ray Lewis blocked on Twitter. Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Rangers shortstop says the offense has come together the last two games. I think that everybody's doing their job. We're having, you know, really good at-bats. Nobody's taking anything for granted. Mm. Nobody, if it's too out, we still believe we can have a rally and score runs. So that's our DNA that, that we need to keep, you know, the, the rest of the season. And, you know, hopefully it's the beginning of something good. The DNA you need to keep. Ring Central is the global leader in cloud communication and collaboration solutions. For a free trial, visit ringcentral.com. Trying to keep my DNA, dog. <laughs> Are you? Because. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Gio and Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Bunch of hookers. <laughs> no, that's not nice. That's not fair. You Bro. are terrible. Big booty. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Heller is back with us. He's got a sports update. He's smiling right now. So things Sweet. are things are You know, changing. it's phony, though. Yeah. It's phony. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Phony? I mean, come yeah, on. I'm trying cheesy, here. Cheesy, phony grin. <laughs> no, he's actually, it's a genuine smile from Brad. I mm. think that we have, we've helped him. This week, in this rough stretch that he's had with Bogus on vacation and double duty, I think we've lifted his spirits a little. No, bit. you guys, you guys have. You gave me a hard time about being miserable the day after my birthday. <laughs> yeah, so I've you know tried to take a different approach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. trying. Yeah, see how long that lasts. Now you you also do the updates for DA, right? Yeah, today, and you guys are close. So then, once we're done, you got a friend. There right? you yeah. go. Yeah, and so, then I go, I go get my. Uh, a little caffeine hit, my coffee run um, after this one, so <laughs> to get me through the second half of the morning. Well, good man. See, you things know. are not that bad. No, you got us. We joke around. We have fun. the alarm went off. It was like death, but now <laughs> the day, as the day goes along on a Thursday, Thursdays are hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's amazing. It is tough. What time does your alarm go off? Three a.m. Yeah, mine. second one at three ten. Yeah, I'm 3.15 then 3.24. I usually hit the snooze. <laughs> and 24 minutes, I mean, like, that makes a huge difference. From 3 a.m. to 3.24, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> it literally yeah, does. It sounds, this it sounds ridiculous. You're correct. I had that Seconds dis- I know, I know I had this. I'm so happy you said <laughs> that because I had this argument with somebody last night about this because I was trying to get home. Like, I want to get home. We were out. It was a nice night. I was like, I want to go home. And like, what does the 10 minutes matter? I'm like, everything. Oh, they yes. don't know. Yeah, they don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, really, 10 minutes? I'm like, yes. Any minute, 30 seconds, anything. It all matters. It really does. All right, first world problems into <laughs> Brad Heller. Go ahead, my friend. All right, guys, a couple of wild walk-off wins on both coasts, starting in L.A. where the Dodgers trailed the White Sox 4-2, going to the bottom of the ninth. Barnes goes. Queen lines one in the left center field for a hit. Forsythe scores. Now here comes Barnes, and he will score. The Dodgers have walked off with the win. We 
the hero tonight. Ten walk-off wins for the Dodgers this season. That leads the majors. Charlie Steiner called it on the Dodgers radio network. Five to four the final. <laughs> L.A. is 51 games over 500. They're 85 and 34. Meanwhile, Fenway Park last night. The payoff pitch. Swing line drive left field. Deep back by the wall. It's off the scoreboard. One run scores. Jackie rounding third. Here's the throw to the plate. He dives. The throw gets away. He's safe. The Red Sox win. 5-4 over the Cardinals. Mookie Betts, the hero there. Joe Castiglione called it on the Red Sox radio network. Red Sox are still four and a half games ahead of the Yankees to beat the Mets. For the third straight night, 5-3 to three in New York. Aaron Judge, a 457-foot bomb to the upper deck in left field, is American League leading 37th. He also set a Major League record striking out in his 33rd straight game. No home runs for Giancarlo Stanton. The streak ending at six games in a row. Marlins still beat the Giants 8-1. to one. Two home runs, six RBIs for Trevor Story. The Rockies a big 17-2 win over the Braves. The Cubs got a grand slam from Anthony Rizzo. They beat the Reds 7-6. to six. Chicago's lead in the NL Central. A game and a half on the Brewers will beat the Pirates 7-6. The Cardinals are two and a half back. College football, Dabo Sweeney says junior Kelly Bryant is going to start a quarterback for defending champion Clemson in the season opener September 2nd against Kent State. Bryant was third string the last two years. From the NFL, it's going to be Brock Osweiler starting for the Browns in their second preseason game Monday against the Giants. Rookie Deshaun Kaiser will be the backup. Gentlemen. All right, Brad, we will talk to you in an hour. Enjoy your cup of coffee. We have some baseball to talk about. And last night before the Red Sox game, there's a guy who overcame a a form of cancer that was just, I mean, it was horrible things. The outlook was bad for him, and it was a Jimmy Fund night. They do a couple of those, and he throws out, he's going to throw out the first pitch. And he's done it before, and everybody's up, they're ready, they're, they're clapping for the guy, and he misses so badly. And I, I'm ta- there's been some real bad ones. Yes. Uh, 50 Cent had a real bad one. Gary Delabate of the that, Howard Stern Show had a really bad one. The mayor of Cincinnati. Oh, he threw it right into the ground. Right no, into Mariah the ground. Mariah Curry. She did the same thing, Oh, she did. Yeah. yeah, she did. But, you know, this one missed. But the reason why... It, it missed, but it did miss. <laughs> right. <laughs> the reason why this one is so much funnier than those others is because it hit a cameraman square in the junk. I mean, I'm talking about you. If he threw a ball a thousand times and tried to hit this poor cameraman right there, he wouldn't be able to do it. And the cameraman's name is from the Eagle Tribune, Tony Capabianco. And he as it says in this article in the New York Post, Keeled over, grabbed his legs as those standing around the mound grimaced in unison. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think the lucky thing for what's his first name again? The camera guy, Tony. 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 The good thing is he he has he has some weenie do, and and so I don't think he got all of it. That's the that's the the, what saving grace in this. Uh, He got a little overhang, you know, belly hang lower than weenie do. Yeah, well, I I don't know. This seemed like it was was, a big fella. Yeah, he was a big fella, but still, look, uh, it didn't didn't hit him in the belly. That's for sure. (laughs) It it hit him right there. Yeah. And, and the, the young man didn't even go and check on him. He, he yeah. You know, of course, he had a bewildered look on his face as he should. I threw that, and and he acknowledged that he's a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Leandre is the kid's name, and 
I don't know if he talked to him afterwards, but he didn't go running over to him right away. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what can you do? Have him, I'm sure yeah, you can guys, give him an ice bag or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in those moments, it, it, you know, you just you just got to deal with it. You just got to let it run its course, and, and then you, you, you hopefully recover. Now, this is a visual thing, and I'm sure Mikey B will put it up on our Twitter account, at G.O. and Jones, G.I.O. and Jones. Check out our Facebook page. As well, but I want to play you the audio of this um, because there's a couple of funny things. One, the PA announcer, the way that he says, go ahead and throw the first pitch when you know what's going to happen is funny. And then just also just the sound of the crowd when this poor guy gets hit in the nuts. Catching his pitch is the former chairman of the Jimmy Fund, Mike Andrews. All right, Jordan, fire it in there. Hey, Jimmy, that's not it. (laughs) Wow. There's no way I am in harm's way. Uh, Can't be. Turns out you are. Oh, it's hilarious. And I love fire it in there. (laughs) Jimmy. Give it your best shot. Fire it in there. (laughs) Just knowing where it ends up. Oh, man. That was great audio. (laughs) Really is great audio. Uh, Okay. So we were talking about Aaron Judge before. And. That home run that he hit last night. And this guy, I mean, nobody really, I mean, it's starting to become a thing, his strikeouts now, because it's breaking records. Uh, But so now it's, he's tied, what is he, tied the record for most games with a strikeout consecutively of a position player. And he's like two or three away from all time. Yes, pitchers. Vita Blue or somebody like that. Which is incredible. Um, but because he hits so many damn home runs and because he hits them so impressively, it's really not that big of a story because, hey, so what? This is a, the life of a power hitter, especially in today's game. It's all or nothing with the guy, so you kind of live with the strikeouts. But it's starting to get into that alarming category, though, just starting, just a little bit. It's yeah. been there, starting. I mean, you don't want to be anywhere close to records like this where now you're embarking on, on records uh, at the plate that pitchers enjoy or, or have uh, amassed. Uh, no, uh, th- this is not the same hitter we saw at the, the first half of the season who, while he still walks, not as frequently as he was uh pre-All-Star game and home run derby, he's just lost it in certain at-bats there and in swinging and lunging at things he wouldn't ordinarily do. But you're right, it's feast of famine. Uh, he's hitting these towering uh, home runs, these moonshots, or he's striking out on some weak stuff that he shouldn't be swinging at. Yeah, but when he gets a hold of one like he did last night, we've seen it all year, but uh, the one that he hit last night, it just it's, – it's still – cements the fact that he is one of these guys that's not going anywhere. I mean, he's going to be top of mind, a baseball superstar, especially being a Yankee in the season that they're having this year. I mean, he is capable. Him and Giancarlo Stanton are capable of things that uh, only the steroid guys used to be capable of uh, back in the late 90s 
in early 2000s. I don't know if you saw that Giancarlo Stanton, you know I'm not big on the Hall of Fame and the records and the people, the writers that get wrapped up in this, but um, you know he's on pace right now, I think, to hit 60 home runs. Yes. And he said that he believes that the real record is still Roger Maris' 61, and if he hits 62, then then basically you know he should be the record holder because 73 is is mm. is is not the number because it's tainted, huh? Yeah. In so many you. words, I'm paraphrasing yeah. what he said, but he right. did. That right. was that was his point, which was which was an interesting one. I mean, usually you don't get a lot of players that will be that candid about their thoughts on on that era, mm-hmm. uh, especially because a lot of the guys that were wrapped up in the steroid era were all, were still very very good players, to great players, to immortal players. Uh, like right. Barry Bonds, and and they still are respected by their peers and and younger players, even though the stuff went on that went on with the performance enhancing drugs. And what makes it even more interesting to comments is the fact Barry Bonds was on that staff, so he was there with Stanton mm-hmm. uh, just what a year two years ago. Yeah, uh, and 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 so uh, the it's gonna have to come up and we'll have to discuss it all again to the chagrin of Major League Baseball. Of course, they want to move past it. Those players want to move past it and just celebrate what the, the game and, and these uh, these players are doing currently. Uh, but it's definitely going to bubble back up to the surface if Stan continues uh, to hit home runs at the pace at which he's doing it. Yeah, and he was. I think the streak ended last night. It was six yep. games in a row. It ended last night, mm-hmm. but he got just a little little weak single. <laughs> right, that was that was it. But I don't think though. I I know that it would bubble back up in discussions like this, as you mentioned with the steroid era. But I do think Major League Baseball would love it if they had a, a, another home run chase, and then also had a guy who has been tested as much as guys get tested now, breaking that record because then it feels clean, like it feels. Better, you feel better about someone having more than sixty-one home runs that wasn't Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, or Mark McGuire. Okay, so let's say he breaks the record, Major League Baseball. Do you now have to acknowledge uh, that it's Maris's record or that it's Barry's record? You know, now yeah. you've got to come out and put a stamp on what is the true record. Uh, but do you do you really need to officially? And we have I to think break. They're kind of but, forced, aren't they? No, because I think everybody kind of knows. You know, you don't you don't really need to. But I, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of pressure applied to Major League Baseball to come out and 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 now acknowledge which is the true record. Yeah, you Rob Manford. Uh, should we be celebrating sixty two or are we going to be celebrating seventy four? Tommy, Bow- you're gonna have you gotta you, you, you're gonna be somewhat forced to, to come out and 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 authenticate what what is which which record which number is true. College football, with Tommy Bowd next. Guns and Roses are coming to a town near you. Listen to Tiki and Tierney for your chance to win tickets exclusively on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Tommy Bowden, football analyst for the ACC Network. Tommy, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? No, doing good. Thank you. So this ACC has got a lot of teams that could do some special things, especially at the very top. A lot of people loving on Florida State, even with Clemson still there and of course being the big threat that they are uh what do you what's your take on this florida state squad in 2017 yeah i would pick them ahead of clemson this year simply because of the reason i picked clemson last year you know the quarterback uh, quarterback position being so critical 
but the DeAndre DeAndre Francois just had exceptional last year as a as a redshirt freshman. He got sacked a lot, you know, I think thirty four times. But you don't know whether that was because of offensive line receivers running the wrong route or possibly him holding on too long. But I like Florida State uh, got good players. Both Clemson and Florida State good players, but Florida State returns Derwin James, who might be the best you know player in college football defensively. And but the quarterback's the key, and I, I go with Florida State because they've got that guy back. Coach, uh, losing Dalvin Cook, that's a, a big hit. They have this Cam Akers coming in, and they feel like he can fill those shoes, but he hadn't played big-time uh, college football just yet. Going up against those guys in practice, you get a sense of what he's all about. And that O-line, uh, that's the biggest concern uh, for me, as you just alluded to. And why do you think the O-line with the, 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 the legacy that Rick Trickett has left around this game, uh, why do you think they've struggled? It might be because they understand his language. <laughs> if you you know, they come from the Bible Belt in the South. They might not be used to some of his words. But, you know, like the son of, it, 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 it could be a combination of several things. Number one, the receivers run the wrong route. It could be a combination of the quarterback holding on too long, or it could be, or it could be you know, uh, uh, problems on the offensive line, either protection scheme or series of injuries. And, you know, unless you're just sitting there as a coach and watch the film, you really don't know. So it could be a combination of those three things. But uh, I, I think with the guys they have coming back on the offensive line and a year of experience under DeAndre Francois' uh, uh, belt, I think that that year of experience will help him make quicker decisions. And I think the offensive line will be challenged. As you know, Rick Trickett may be the, the best offensive line in the country. I'm sure he'll challenge those guys, and I'm sure he's heard enough of negative uh, publicity over the course of the summer. And, Gio, what uh, Coach is uh, referring to is uh, O-line coach Rick Trickett, former Marine. Uh, he used some colorful <laughs> language, kind of like me every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you. Oh, you never curse, Brian Jones. Oh, you're like All a right. choir boy around here. There you go. It is Gio and Jones with Tommy Bowden on CBS Sports Radio. The ACC always seems to want more respect nationally as one of they want to be named the best conference they got the national champion in there they're very very top heavy with with great teams but I always point to the fact that I mean the ACC Coastal is just a division that 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 isn't good enough right now to be able to say that there's enough good teams in there to make this the best conference uh, in the country Uh, when you're evaluating the conferences where do you believe that the ACC ranks currently you know, I think when you look overall, you know, statistically, you just have to give it to the ACC based on last year. I don't know if they'll, they'll repeat, but, you know, go head-to-head competition with the SEC. You go to head-to-head competition with Power 5 non-conference opponents, 11 bowl teams, 9 bowl victories, national champion. You know, I think you have to give it to them based on last year, but I don't know if they'll maintain retain that or not. Uh, it used to be the ACC, when I was a head coach, you had to create you had to, to create statistics that, 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 like you had the most left-handed right guards in the NFL. <laughs> you know, we got more than anybody. You, you had to kind of manufacture statistics to and when you're on the road recruiting because the SEC at that particular time was so much better than everybody else. But but now, that legitimately, I, I think you look at the statistics. They are, last year, the best team in America. Now, whether, whether they'll maintain that or not, I don't know. But uh, we'll find out in a couple of weeks with, with Alabama and uh, Florida State. would be a good indicator. Coach, you mentioned Clemson, the quarterback change there. Of course, you lose a great one in Deshaun Watson. Uh, Kelly Bryant 
has been named a starter. He's had spot action here the last couple of years playing behind Watson. What do you, what can you tell us about him, and, and what are your concerns other than quarterback for Clemson, if you have any? This would be my concerns. You know, Deshaun Watson was one of a kind. I, I had a chance to study him, you know, be an analyst there for the ACC, watch him as a true freshman, his first snaps versus Georgia. And uh, as I studied him, the, the bigger the game, the better he played. I, I really thought he had Tom Brady-like uh, uh, analogy in college football. Don't know if that will translate to the NFL. If you go back and look at Clemson's schedule, okay, Deshaun Watson, uh, they lost. Uh, if, if you didn't have a Deshaun Watson last year, if you had Kelly Bryant, who's projected to start, how, how would you do? Well, they lost to Pitt with him, so they'd probably lose that one again. The Florida, the Florida State-Louisville games were high-scoring games where Deshaun Watson played exceptional. Probably those two. NC State was an overtime field goal loss, so they might have three losses, maybe four, without Deshaun Watson. Can you plug Kelly Bryant in, losing Wayne Gallman, Mike Williams, uh, just some really good uh, wide receivers, Octavius Scott. Uh, I just think that's too much offensive power and too much ask for a, 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 a young, inexperienced quarterback. So uh, I think they'll uh, you know, they'll be a good team. They've recruited well. They've got good skill. Uh, they tell me that T. Higgins, the wide receiver from uh, from over in uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, one of their coaches would tell me they might be the best. He might be the best they've had, and they've had recently DeAndre Hopkins and then Sammy Watkins. So and Mike Williams. So they've got some skill, but uh, uh, Kelly Bryant will have to play extremely well for them to duplicate what they did last year. I'm probably jinxing him, but I'm a huge Deshaun Watson guy. I think that eventually he's going to end up starting. Tom Savage will not be the starter, and Watson, I think, is going to have a nice year with the Texans and, excuse me, might be a pretty big story in the NFL this year. How do you think his skill set's going to translate to the NFL early on? Oh, I I agree with you. I I just happened to study him. You know, being a coach for a long time, a head coach, you know how important the the quarterback is to the overall team, not only from a talent standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint. And and his his mannerisms, how he is around the team, how he'll handle losses and and, and bad decisions. And I just studied him so hard. I think he has all the tangibles to be a a difference maker. I I agree like you. I think he will eventually start. I think it's a great story in the NFL, especially his rookie season. But uh, I've studied him too much and seen him – the, and I just really studied his performance in the big games where he had to play well, and then his ability to pull the ball and run and, and make good decisions and leadership skills. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I agree with you. I think he's going to have an exceptional NFL career starting as a rookie. Tommy Bowden, college football analyst for the ACC Network, former college football coach, joining us here on Geo and Jones. Coach, Louisville, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Lamar Jackson, have they figured him out? Louisville losing their last three ball games, the last two regular season, and the bowl game. They just didn't look like the same team. Jackson didn't look like the same quarterback there down the stretch. No, it really didn't. I, I, I think a lot of it was self-imposed pressure. Started to get a, make a run toward the Heisman, probably started doing too much. You talk about Florida State having 34, 35 sacks. Louisville had 47 sacks. And this guy's got great running skills. So, uh, you know, I, I think he probably t- – Tried to take too much on his shoulders as he got later on the, later on the year, maybe trying to secure that Heisman. He, he accumulated such great statistics early. You know, he just he, he just really had to play average to win it, and that's kind of what he did. But uh, again, you don't know whether sacks are his, holding on to it, trying to do too much offensive line. They lose Louisville loses some tremendous running backs and, and wide receivers. 
defensively struggled some last year. I think 35th or 31st in the nation scoring defense. So they've got the work cut out for them. Plus, when you're the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, everybody's going to have the bullseye out after you. He'll have a target on his back, and I don't look for him to, to accumulate nearly this, the statistics that he had last year. Are you high on Miami this year? Yeah, I really am. I just think I know they've lost Brad Kaya, at quarterback. Uh, he's had a great career there for three years. Remarks, especially as quarterback, he's going to get back involved with the play calling. Defensively, they've got their front seven back. They lose some guys in the secondary, but they've got a front seven that can put pressure on you, so it could, could help out a young, inexperienced secondary. You probably had the best running back uh, in the ACC, Mark Walton. He's a, he's a Dalvin Cook type guy, but uh, so you got some running back potential to take pressure off of an inexperienced quarterback, and then you've got that great defense. So I, I really like Miami this year, and, and I look for them at Virginia Tech to compete for the Coastal Championship. Tommy, thanks for the time this morning. We really do appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. Hey, watch your language. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't no hope for me, Coach. (laughs) Seriously. You're not going to coaching. (laughs) You you really would be a remarkable football coach, Brian. I really do think you would be. I I think I'm going to take it up, man. I mean, at least start, as you've mentioned, start with the get-back coach, and then from there, work your way up. I should do it. I, mean, I should. When I yeah, I think I, I think I've shared the stories with you when I was carrying that parabolic mic and they could hear me more than the than the action on the field and and uh, few colorful words were were coming through the airwaves. Would you rather be if the pay was equal? Would you rather be the defensive coordinator or the linebackers coach? Ah, uh, linebackers coach. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. Yeah. It's a little bit easier to just focus on the one position. Right. You don't have to yep. worry about calling the plays during the game. You know, exactly. You, you don't have as much responsibility there. Yeah. There you go. But, and I get the same pay? Come on. Yeah. but Less responsibility and identical pay. I'm all for it. Yeah, but we all know that the the coordinators get um, – I mean, the coordinators get paid nowadays like I never thought we'd ever see them get paid. I mean, the best coordinators in college football are are millionaires, and and it's and a lot of them deserve it. They they really do deserve it. They move around like crazy. They get paid a ton. I can't imagine a coach's life though. I really uh, a guy that that we're having on in less than an hour, Paul Christ, who is now of course head coach at Wisconsin. Uh, I used to talk to him about that, about you know the moving and you know going up through the ranks and. You know, he said he he remembered when he was on a staff that he knew they were going to get fired. So they were, you know, weeks before the news came down, they were making sure they grabbed all the film and they were like taking it and <laughs> and with them and hiding it so they they could have it after they got fired. Um, so, but I mean, it's like every every year you have no idea what your situation is going to be, especially if you're not a head coach. Well, that that's true, and uh, luckily. If you're lucky, you hit your wagon to someone who has a little stability and, and you know will be there, for, be there for a while, like a Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, that'd be the guy. But then again, it's a lot of uh, movement on that staff as well. Coming up next, got some NBA to talk about. We do have Paul Chris next hour. Keep it right here. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.